We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to your week 10 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I'm back. I missed out last week. Uh, my dude Andy Means filled in for me, but happy to be back uh, with Mr. Ian Harditz. You can find him on Twitter at iHarditz. That's I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z. Uh, Ian, my man, uh, how did la- how did last week go? I-, I was unavailable on short notice. We had to get a fill-in. Uh, how'd it go, dude? Good to have you back, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a while. It's been a while, man. Having a lot of different co-hosts here over the past few weeks, but it, it was a solid, uh, solid show anyway. We were able to do, I think, a pretty decent job with the cash lineups. Got some of the best bets in there. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we were looking at you know Derrick Henry as the pivot to Dalvin Cook, but you know, every week is Dalvin Cook week, I guess, uh, in the year 2020. So uh, we were talking about this slate beforehand, man. You know, maybe got some easier cash game lineups to build, but I think we got some interesting things to talk about in terms of tournaments, at least. Yeah, tournaments, it's do you want to play the guy who's going to be 60% owned in whatever <laughs> tournament, maybe 80% and your single entries and things like that? Do you want to take the free square or do you want to pivot on it? We've got some plays to mix it up with that. Uh, but Ian, I'm happy to be back. I've got your mismatch, well, Manscaped Manifesto, we'll call it today. Uh, here, we'll, we'll hear about that in just a little bit. Uh, pulled up on PFF, you guys ever want to read that, you can get that with a PFF Edge sub over there. Uh, we basically like to start off the show looking from a top-down approach. All these things, head-to-head, uh, EPA, battles in the trenches, explosive pass, pass plays. Uh, what do you got for us this week that's looking good? Let's start with the explosive pa- pass plays. There's some weather going out there this week. Uh, you know, I want to note that first in both Green Bay and in Cleveland. Maybe we won't get those explosive pl- pass plays. Say that three times fast. Uh, but, yeah, what's uh, what's going on with this chart you got up here on your article? As you said, you know, more top down, like not, not no single one of these charts should be the whole reason why you play someone. But, you know, once you see a couple start going their way, you look at the weather and the workload stuff, too. That's when we can start to feel a little bit more confident about it, guys. So, again, I deal with these charts whenever we talk about a matchup. It's OK. We got the ninth best passing offense versus the, versus the 28th worst, uh, you know, passing defense. This helps make that a one way street, gives us one metric for that. So looking at the passing games that are especially set up for success, it's Aaron Rodgers and everyone else, particularly with uh, Lamar Jackson and Kirk. 
Cousins uh, being off the main slate, they would have some uh, other good matchups too. But truly, you know, we got 2% difference between Rodgers and everyone else. Just a matter of that win, man. And I would just say uh, the Jaguars secondary is so just flimsy and Rodgers, you know, and Devontae, I would not be afraid in tournaments of pivoting off the uh, chalky Aaron Jones and really just trying to get up there to Devontae. I know he's not going to be going too far under the radar, but again, I just don't think, you know, even with some uh, Mother Nature interference, I don't think the Jaguars to slow down this passing attack. Uh, Also note that Jared Goff, Big Ben, Alex Smith to some extent, even Tom Brady are also looking a little bit better than usual. Some guys that could have a little bit more of a rough uh, day than normal. Uh, Carson Wentz, which, hey, it's been up and down all year. Finally getting some weapons back, but we'll see. Uh, Daniel Jones, Tua, and Russell Wilson is popping as someone that could have a little trouble making some explosive plays against this Rams defense. You know, Aaron Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey, we know they got the blue chip stars out there, and they've just been so well coached throughout this year, man. One of these defenses that I think we wondered, like, would they kind of remain this elite, you know, without Wade Phillips and kind of losing uh, Nikhil Roby Coleman and so these other guys answer has been a resounding yes so far but they're about to face the battle, uh, final boss and russell wilson and company we'll see uh how these numbers look after that matchup yeah i think the rams you look at their schedule it's a bunch of pumpkin matchups yeah. for the most part <laughs> so i'm still gonna believe in russ cooking in that game believe me me and everyone else out there in dfs land is gonna be uh, all over seattle this week uh let's scroll down just a little bit let's take a look at uh, a couple of the other metrics here uh, let's talk about pace uh, always important the more snaps you get the more fantasy points your players are allowed to score in theory because, hey, they're just playing a lot more snaps on the field. What are we looking at for pace this week? Is there anything really standing out? Man, one game stands out above all the rest, and that is the Buffalo Bills oh, at the Arizona Cardinals. Oh yeah, man. Usually we're looking at this, and the Dallas Cowboys are just continuing to try to run the fastest pace possible, or also this team. But, you know, they're on bias. So now, truly, there is not another matchup even within three – or okay, two and a half seconds uh, of this game in terms of a combined situation, neutral pace. So Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, all their weapons, fire them up with confidence, everybody. We do not have weather issues in this one as well, which is always great to see. Uh, some slower pace matchups, 49ers at the Saints, and then also the – the uh, Jaguars at the Packers talked about some of the weather stuff, you know, a game that before, uh, you know, we were talking before the show, I was kind of looking at that over wondering, Oh, what do we have here? But you add in the weather, you add in the slow potential pace, probably one that we're, we're going to want to stay away from mostly on the Jaguar side of the ball with respect to James RB one son, of course. Yeah, in Buffalo, you saw him basically unleash Josh Allen. They, they tricked Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's like, man, <laughs> we would have crushed them if they would have only ran the ball. Newsflash Pete Carroll. Uh, good teams will pass the ball against you when you're so horrific at defending the pass. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting Arizona and Buffalo to go at it, and I think they're going to have an unleash Josh Allen again this week here, just passing because they know Arizona is going to put up a bunch of points. You add that with a pace. This is where all the DFS exposure is going to this week. Well, we've got a bunch of plays from this game later, uh, but always always want to take a note of pace out there. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's look at pressure. This can help you find some defenses or maybe help you find some under the radar, deep passing matchups. If a team cannot get to the quarterback, what are we looking at uh, on that this week? Yeah, two guys stand out as being particularly screwed. Uh, Mr. Joe, I'm sorry, excuse me, Mr. Daniel Jones. Look, only the Jets and Giants have been pressured on at least 40% of their dropbacks this year. And Daniel Jones, like, you see some of these guys, like uh, our, our next quarterback, Joe Burrow, where the guy has a high pressure rate, but they're getting the ball out of their hands pretty fast. Like, it's a mix of Daniel Jones holding the ball too long and the Giants offensive line not being able to keep uh, guys off him. So, you know, we see one or two decent drives from the Giants per week, I feel like. But, you know, it's Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram getting the bulk of their targets. Everything else, I just want to stay away from because again i think this could be a matchup where the eagles just eat at the line of scrimmage make things difficult for everyone involved other guy really standing out as someone that could be under a bunch of pressure is joe burrow against the splitsburg defense you know i have burrow rank as like my qb 17 this week normally i've you know been happy to have him around that qb1 borderline but it's these ravens matchups and the steelers matchups everywhere else 
it's fine. Go back to Joe Burrow, QB one. Well, look, it's been the kryptonite of this Bengals offense all season has been him trying to overcome just this constant pressure. Nobody does it better in Pittsburgh. Uh, some quarterbacks that could be having all day to throw big Ben, but we wonder how much they're really going to ask him to do, you know, with this kind of banged up stays and Tom Brady against the Panthers kind of like this is a sneaky bounce back spot, man, after how bad they look on Sunday night, we know that's not going to be the case every single week. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Jaguars. We talked about that a little bit. And then Jared Goff versus Seahawks, man, like we'll get to our DFS plays here, but Jared Goff is someone that I am never on usually because I just know I want some sort of a rushing floor. But against the Seahawks secondary, who, who can't put up points on these guys? So I do think Goff and as particularly, you know, Woods and Cup are more than viable plays this week. Yeah, you got to hope the, the Rams, they, they want to run the ball, but you got to hope they're smart enough. I think yeah. McVay's smart <laughs> enough to maybe want to pass the ball this week. I'm, I'm going to go out on a ledge. We'll see if, <laughs> we'll see if McVay is actually a, a pretty sharp coach. I think he is. Uh, you mentioned about Joe Burrow. I'm, I'm probably a little higher on him simply because without Joe Mixon just got ruled out. We were sort of expecting that. Uh, there are a couple injuries I'm, I'm scouring Twitter during the show for. Uh, but with Geo back there, they, they just, they're going to pass the ball 60 times in this game if they have to. They'll throw it 70 times if they have to. He just drops back. He slings it. It might not be very efficient against the Steelers, but the, the sheer number of attempts I think is going to be pretty yeah. high for Burrow this week. Uh, moving on to, let's go to the battle in the trenches in the run game. Uh, you you want to take a look at this. Anything really standing out? Uh Dalvin Cook isn't on the main slate this week. Who, who are you playing? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question, man. Uh, look, so uh, have you seen anything final on Kenyon Drake yet? Probably not because they're West Coast. But uh, I have not. has not crossed yet. Yeah, he's, he's been limited all week with this ankle injury. Sounds like he has a chance to play. If not, though, go straight back to the Chase Edmonds well, everybody. He had the exact role we were hoping mm-hmm. for. 25 carries, 95% snaps. And again, he has a great matchup against the Bills. And look, I have adjusted this yards before contact to make it only four running backs because I saw the New York Giants popping up as one of the best offensive lines. And I was like, no, something is wrong there. That's not right. And it was because some of the quarterbacks that are ripping off big runs were kind of influenced in this metric obviously Kyler does that but Kyler he's such a threat that just having him there has helped the running backs uh, even rack up yards before contact uh, on their carries as well so you know truly this Arizona Cardinals rushing offense I know Kyler's been the one he's on pace for 16 rushing scores but it's okay for Edmonds or Drake to score uh, uh, in one of these other weeks I would say you know they're more fle- they're more flex options you know I, you can't fire them up with as much confidence if both guys are active but if we get Drake out again go back to that Chase Edmonds well also Aaron Jones deserves to be you know one of the Chalkish running backs on the slate against this Jaguars defense. Uh, also seeing, um, let's see, the Lions are popping up a little bit against Washington. I don't think there's probably enough there. Maybe some DeAndre Swift we could uh, talk ourselves into, but a little bit thin there in terms of usage. And finally, one that's maybe going a little bit on the radar is the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans. Like, look, we're riding the Aaron Jones hype because it's a bad weather matchup, but bad weather in Cleveland too, arguably a worse rush defense in Houston. And I know it's Kareem Hunt back, but, you know, there's no OBJ now. So if there's ever going to be a time where it's easier than ever for the Browns to really prioritize getting the ball in the hands of their top two playmakers, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. It should be in this cake matchup. Uh, a couple of injury things just sort of crossed. It looks like Ben Roethlisberger is going to come off the COVID list. Uh, he's going to have an extended walkthrough tomorrow. Looks like he's going to play. So no worries about that Pittsburgh offense in my eyes. Uh, and then one I was watching personally is Jair Alexander for the Packers uh, today practiced for a minute. Then went back inside, didn't come back out. I would got to say he's looking pretty iffy to play. That is the win game and, and Green Bay. But uh, we've got LaVisca Chanel already out for Jacksonville. DJ Shark, if Jair Alexander is out there, Chris Conley is going to be in, in some people's DFS lineups. 
just keep an eye on that. Uh, I know a lot of people listen to this on podcast afterwards, late Friday or into the weekend. Uh, just keep an eye on that as the week progresses. Uh, all right, let's close this out uh, with your mismatch manifesto. Give me a, a couple other stats we got to look at. Yeah, final thing I like looking at EPA per play with the offense and defenses just gives you a good, you know, kind of feel for which offenses are especially set up for success and the ones that are popping up this week. Packers, Cardinals, and Browns, you know, and then offenses that should be particularly screwed and trying to move the ball. Giants, uh, Patriots, and Sunday night, which makes sense. And then also the Bengals against the Steelers. But we've had a, you know, trend we talked about on the show throughout the year where you bet the over when there's two positive offenses and a big bounce back last week. We had a lot of them. It was like the worst week ever was in week eight and almost every single one was impacted pretty badly by weather. So again, do not take one of these charges and just blindly bet anything because of it. But you know, when we have offenses on both sides of the field that should be able to move the ball, obviously that is a situation that we should be liking the over if it's a reasonable mark. So uh, some ones that stand out this week, Texans, Browns, Jaguars, Packers. I know we have the weather concerns, so don't blindly do it. But Bills, Cardinals is the one that we've seen that over skyrocket, but I still don't know if it's high enough, man. So uh, overs are 32, 24, and two on the season. Bounce back with a six and one record last week. So don't be afraid to go back to well here. I think maybe the Seahawks and Rams are another one that could provide a little bit. And also uh, 49ers and Saints. We'll get to that a little bit more, but I think that probably is my favorite over pick of the week. All right. Uh, I want to remind all you guys, uh, if you want to check out Ian's stuff or anything else, player grades, wide receiver matchups, any, you know, you can just get lost over at PFF with all the cool stuff they have over there. If you want to check it out, go get yourself an edge subscription. They have some uh, bigger, uh, high, higher tier subscriptions. If you really want the most advanced stats you can get your hands on. Uh, before we talk about our bets, uh, I want to remind everybody about the single entry series going on over at FanDuel. It's been running week six. It still runs through week 13. It's not too late to start entering the leaderboard. If you've already entered once or twice, it's not too late to still have a chance to get to the $20,000 final. Uh, it's three buy-in levels, five, 33 and $100. Your top four combined scores count within each buy-in tier, right? So if let's say week six, you had a really good score, you can still pound out weeks 10, 11, 12, 13 in an attempt to have your four highest scores look really good. The top two finishers in each tier advance to a $20,000 final that's over on FanDuel, the Roto-Grinder single entry series. And I'll even tell you, even if you're not, if, even if you don't, aren't going to play them all, it's single entry tournament and there's a lot of money at stake this week, uh, just, just in a normal tournament. So go check that out over on FanDuel. Uh, all right, best bets of the week. Let's jump into this one. Uh, side note, I was not here last week, Ian. Uh, I know we're not supposed to play parlay sometimes, but screw that. I like to have fun. I had myself a nice one. I'm flush. Uh, I don't like a lot of the lines this week. I, I think pretty much all season long I've been taking – um, you know, plus or minus in the points and things like that. I've joined the overs club for this week. So I got three overs. I really like, obviously the first one, like you, I don't think 56 and a half is too high on that bills and Cardinals. To me, this screams like 35 to 30, something like that. All these games score a ton of points. Both these teams are really good on offense. And I don't think either team is all too great on defense. It's in a dome. That's an easy one for me. I like Seattle Rams. Uh, all these Seattle games score like 80 points. I don't know why this is sitting here at 54 and a half when it's inside uh, in, in, at the, the Rams facility. Uh, that looks like a really nice one to me. And then my sneakier one is the Raiders Broncos at 50 and a half. The Raiders score points. The Raiders defense stinks. Drew Locke has Jerry Judy. He's got Noah Fant. They'll be able to run the ball if they want. Um, and Drew Locke has no problem chucking it down the field. He's not very good when it happens, but he has no problem trying to, to make some big plays, even if they're somewhat ill-advised. Hell, that's a, give me a pick six. That's just more points. There's a lot of ways for points to be scored in this game. So I've got three overs, 
the overs club for me. Uh, I'm heading to the book. I got the Rams and the Bills when they were a little lower on Monday, uh, but after the show, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm I'm going to get that Raiders Broncos one too. Hundred percent, man. That's why we were hyping up uh, Jerry Judy on this show last week. Like, even if it doesn't go that smooth in the first couple quarters, we know Drew Locke is more than capable of bringing them back. So I got three here. Was able to go two and one last week. Nailed the Ravens and Raiders. Miss on the Cardinals. So my bad, everybody. But I feel good about these ones here moving forward. Seahawks plus one and a half. Look, I understand how bad the Seahawks defense is, but come on. This is Russell Wilson, arguably the MVP if the season would end today. I just think to have him giving points against Jared Goff, I know it's in L.A., not Seattle, but no, nah, I, I just think that in this situation, pick the better quarterback and when it's a you know somewhat evenly, um, uh, just evenly matched a, a matchup. And I think just, you know, look, good offense beats good defense. Seahawks have the better offense here. Even if the Rams have the better defense, give me the better QB. I like the 49ers Saints to go over 49. You know, whenever we got a nice game in the Dome, it's in a weather week, it's good just not to worry about uh, the weather for once so i understand mullins has been pretty mad but you know him or just a uh, bethard whoever they've been putting out there they still usually put up points eventually with kyle shanahan calling uh, calling the play so they were so depleted at wide receiver last week they're at least getting brandon ayuk back uh, for this game so it looks like debo samuel will continue to be out but we got ayuk we got we got hasty we got mckinnon we got some guys against the saints defense that i understand they shut down the buccaneers last week but more often than not this year they've been fairly mediocre to average so you know i really ex- i really expect the saints to be able to put up points on the 49 We've seen them, you know, really since they've been banged up. Whenever they face just a good functioning offense, they just don't really have the manpower at this point to do much against it. So I definitely see the Saints, you know, finishing kind of mid-high 30s. I think the 49ers can find the end zone a couple times to push this one into the 50s. Last one, I like the Lions and Washington football team under 46 and a half. Maybe my first under call of the season here. You know, guys see what this line kind of settles at. But look, Stafford without Kenny Galladay, only three games all year that he hasn't had an average target depth over 10 yards. It's just kind of been a broken offense without Galladay all day in the system we just haven't really seen them resembling the same uh just high-flying offense from last season so you add to that that Washington has actually been pretty good against the pass, and they have, you know, this defensive line just full of beasts uh, with Chase Young and company over there. So I think that's going to be a problem. And then the Washington side of things, man, like my biggest concern, Ben, the under would be Alex Smith turning the ball over so much that, you know, the Lions could be able to score because great story and everything. But if we look at this guy, he all he wants to do is check down, and he's been erratic doing it. It's not even like he's been this game manager that's taking what the defense is giving him and avoiding mistakes. Like, no, still making mistakes, not making big plays. I don't see – Either offense having much success and thus give me under. I think the Redskins' biggest mistake was moving away from Haskins too early. They should have just let him play out and see what it is. They invested the pick. I know it's not with the same coaches, but you got to see what you have. Maybe they already know and they made up their mind, but. Well, dude, here's my biggest issue with that because everyone pulls out the article where they go, oh, Haskins was gloating for throwing for over 300 yards and a loss against the Ravens. So as an organization, you let whatever that report is get out to try to make everyone feel better about you benching this guy. Way to tank his value like even more at Washington. Whether you you really think Haskins is the answer or not if you don't think he's your quarterback that's fine the Cardinals didn't think Rosen was their quarterback so they traded him and picked Kyler Murray but to enter this year with Haskins and to sit him behind a guy that is not giving them any better of a chance to win at this point it's ridiculous man if even if, even if they think Haskins was bad they should want to lose as many games as possible and I, I just didn't right. understand that now you got Alex Smith he looks extremely scared I mean for good reason right but he's just checking down in here so I, I like yeah. that under call here uh, and I do want to mention that Seahawks plus one and a half. I, li- I like that one quite a bit. I'm going to go get that one uh, as soon as the show's over. Let's get uh, it. You and me all both. Right. All right. Before we trim our player pools, everybody, it's time to trim something else. 
Uh, that's right. We're talking about Manscaped. Autumn is in the air and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. And by pumpkins, you mean your boys downstairs. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your balls. And great news, if you live overseas, they've released their products in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Roto-Grinders, we're global, man. Everyone listens to us. You can get Manscaped basically just about wherever you are. Uh, let's not forget, it's also the best trimmer for your butt, balls, and body. Anywhere you want to go, Manscaped will help you out there. Uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology which helps reduce grooming accidents. Their new Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Uh, I just hit 40, Ian. I need that all the time. I'm, a, I'm up in there jamming things in there all the time. I uh, use the, sa the same skin-safe technology when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs of yours. The Crop Care Kit includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Pumpkin Spice Lattes and Ball Deodorant go hand-in-hand in, hand in the fall. So get your hand on that. Uh, they've got a body wash, the Crop Cleanser. You can use it on your hair, whatever you want. The crop mop ball wipes. You never know when your opportunity strikes. If you got a quick date or something like that, you got to be prepared. Uh, you don't want your you don't want to stink uh, at Thanksgiving dinner either. Uh, if you suffer from stank foot, they have a product for you, the foot duster. You need some foot deodorant. Uh, it's a free gift if you buy the whole pack. It's the cooling tea tree oil. Offers a pleasant experience for even the stankiest feet. Lets you take your shoes off with confidence. They've got some cologne, the Manscaped Refined Cologne. It's a cost-effective way to smell clean and fresh for your dates. Uh, they're all vegan, right? So that's a lot of things. My uh, my wife, she's vegetarian, cruelty-free, dye-free, vegan, sulfate-free. All this stuff is good for you. You're not going to hurt your, your man parts when you're out there using your Manscaped stuff. You want to get in on the action, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code ROTO. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code ROTO. Make your balls a priority this fall. Well done. That's that's a lot going on there, right? <laughs> I, 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 I got to get some. The, the nose hair trimmer is what I, I really need here. Ian, it's even, it's it's starting on the ears here too, man. It's it's not, it's not looking pretty over here in divine land. Uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's jump up to week 10. And we started off this show chalk cash games this week are going to look very similar i think across a lot of teams because we have the free square of mike davis uh specifically on DraftKings, but even on FanDuel, his price is a, a lot lower than it should be here which is allowing a lot of the lineups to look the same you're allowed to get a lot of really good players on your team which has been a little bit in question for the past couple of weeks so i'm going to start a quarterback i just i don't understand you've got the bills in Arizona, your cash game quarterback on whatever site you play on, I don't care what it is, has to be Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's $500 more on DraftKings. If the $500 gets you something you really like at receiver or a third running back or gets you the defense you want, I'm okay using Josh Allen. I prefer Kyle Murray or Kyler Murray. But that's basically where I'm at. The cards, uh, I look at this. They only have seven running back rush attempts inside the five all season. Kyler Murray is their running back when they get down. He's so elusive. He never gets hit. He's in there. Allen went nuclear against the Seahawks. I'm expecting that sort of basically air raid offense from the Bills again. And Arizona, 23rd in team pass grade coverage at PFF, 29th in pass rush grade at PFF. Allen's going to have all day to throw. I just don't see how you don't use one of those two guys. 
Yeah, I'm with you. It's between those two and literally nobody else, I think, in cash games. If you really want to go try to go down the well to, uh, you know, this uh, Raiders-Broncos game and go with Carl Locke, okay, but I'm with you and thinking that those guys are probably better GPP options than cash games. And also, give me Kyler Murray. He's on. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today pace for 16 rushing touchdowns he's essentially having lamar jackson 2019 season but even but even more passing upside yeah. exactly it is better literally nobody in the history of the nfl has ever averaged more fantasy points per game at the qb position than kylo murray is at this very moment so yeah for only 500 more give me him and i also just think that you know even if tredavious white is in or out you know kyler to hopkins to kirk i think that's the best kind of stack you can make between the two uh to go into your cash games with uh looking at some of the gpp so i you know mentioned those uh Guys a little bit lower down. You can talk to, talk about them a little more. But I do think maybe, you know, we're seeing probably uh, more ownership at the top or the bottom. Might have some uh, chance to uh, get, get a little bit contrarian in the middle with Drew Brees at 6,400 and Jared Goff at 6,500. We talked about the Seahawks defense, man. Absolutely nobody can uh, slow them down. They've given up an additional 300 yards this season to wide receivers in the next closest defense. They've already had a bye week. Like, it is ridiculous how bad they have been compared to any other team. It's not just the secondary. Like, their pass rush can't do anything whatever you want to call it they have been a quarterback's delight and i think with golf i mean the biggest issues for him is usually that pressure or just lockdown coverage neither of which should be a problem this week you know would not be surprised at all if he goes for 300 plus and three or four scores they've been a run first offense but we saw that go away a little bit more last week and i think that they just need to keep their foot on the gas against the seahawks team we've seen the vikings the bills i mean when you play the seahawks NFL offenses get it. You throw the ball. I expect Sean McVay to realize that as well. And then, yeah, with Breeze, I mean, he looked awesome last week. And really this whole year, he hasn't had a game without multiple touchdowns or 300 passing yards. So we've been making fun of his, you know, arm strength and all that. But he's still putting up numbers in this offense. And you have Michael Thomas back to that unit. It looked better than ever because they actually showed this new willingness to get not just Kamara and Thomas involved, but everybody involved. So, you know, you can still stack them with Kamara and Thomas. I wouldn't recommend going to too many other guys other than maybe Emmanuel Sanders. But either way, uh, high scoring offense i think against this 49ers team so we don't have those rushing floors we like uh which is why i wouldn't go with them in cash but certainly still think they have a chance to go for 300 plus and a trio or more of scores yeah you mentioned locker car I, I mentioned i like the over in that raiders game i'm looking at that game in tournaments i think both quarterbacks a little bit too cheap i like a lot of points uh i look at, i like those team grades at pff raiders defense absolute dead last in team pass rush grade <laughs> and second to last in coverage grade that's going to give Locke as much time as he needs to hit Judy or Patrick or Hamler or Fant or whatever you want to do on offense there. I, and I know the Raiders are efficient. Denver's defense is really nothing to worry about. They give up 34 points to the Falcons last week. They let the Jets score 28 points on them, right? You can just keep going back here. Uh, what, what am I looking at? The Raiders, uh, they gave up 28 to the Jets, 43 to the Chiefs, 30 to the Chargers, 34 to Atlanta. I don't see any reason why the Raiders can't put up a 30 spot. Uh, it just just looks like an easy over in that game. So look to that for tournaments. Is there anyone else you really want to talk at at the quarterback position? Not really, man. I think we can move on to uh, running back. Where yeah, let, let, let's talk. Let's talk Mike Davis. Obviously, he's the cash lock. What is there any reason you see to not use him? And then what about in tournaments? Is he worth the 50, 60, 
up, upwards of 80% ownership in some of these contests on DraftKings. I think in tournaments, it could be worth fading. I mean, you look at his performance without Christian McCaffrey. He's been playing in every single game, but just like any running back, you know, we see it when they were able to win these games and kind of get up on the scoreboard. That was when he was having his real big performances when things didn't get quite uh, as going. You know, we saw them lean a little bit more on DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, as opposed to Mike Davis. But we saw them have this matchup before, and Davis only played 24 snaps, still found a way to get eight receptions in garbage time. So it might be a case that the Buccaneers uh, kind of run their prevent defense in such a way that, you know, Davis will be getting uh, more, more check down opportunities if the game goes a little bit awry compared to what we saw uh, kind of in those final games with him there. But I mean, at 4K, it's really hard to get away from him. I'm just talking about being contrarian in tournaments because cash games, I think you got to get him in there. And also with David Johnson being confirmed out, Duke Johnson at 5K is someone that in tournaments, I'm probably going to be going up and trying to get Giovanni Bernard or just, you know, trying to avoid that range altogether. But Duke, I mean, again, 5K in a matchup where we got a revenge game uh, storyline brewing, but just more than anything, uh, you know, even with the wind, should still be looking at 15 and 20 touches, even if I don't think it's going to be uh, this, you know, Chase Edmonds every down roll. And then finally, you know, getting all the way up to Aaron Jones is probably going to be the most popular move. I mean, James Conner at 6,900, it was a weird bust last week because, like, the, it wasn't that he wasn't on the field because there's another running back out there. The Steelers have just been randomly running a ton of empty over the past few games, and they fell behind, uh, strangely enough, in that Cowboys one. So I like the bounce-back potential for Conner in tournaments, but I think in cash game, you know, you got to go Jones, uh, Mike Davis, Duke Johnson, and, and I, I think that's probably going to be, you know, 70 80% of cash game lineups this week. Yeah, that's definitely going to be the chalk uh, combination. Aaron Jones, I'm maybe a little worried they give Jamal Williams a little bit more work, but I don't know. It's probably Is he back for sure. Uh, He's I, been activated off COVID list. Uh, I've not that did not cross yet, but we'll have to we'll have to okay. see what happens we'll on see. that one. But that looks to be the the Davis Duke uh, Aaron Jones looks to be the chalk combination. Uh, what I like for for tournaments, I'm trying to mix it up a little bit. Everyone's playing Aaron Jones. <laughs> Give me, give me some James Robinson. The Packers haven't stopped the run all season long. They're allowing 32 PPR points per game. Uh, I know Chris Thompson came back and ate into a couple of the passing down snaps, but Robinson still has 47 rush attempts in eight targets over the past two games. Basically an unheard of workload in 2020 for a running back. Why not play him in this game if it's sloppy Maybe the maybe it's a closer game. They're able to run because teams aren't just able to pass the ball downfield. I want to note there are so I've seen some things on Twitter where even Aaron Rodgers himself says the way the stadium's been changed over the past couple of years, it doesn't really affect the ball too much. But I'm gonna if the wind's whipping around 30 miles an hour, sustained with big gusts, I'm gonna tell you it's gonna affect the ball getting passed <laughs> through the air. So why not look for James Robinson? Uh, the Packers just I don't think they have a great run defense at all and the smart teams, right? They want you to run the ball against them because you're just going to score a lot less points if you run the ball every play, but that's fine in fantasy for the running backs we want to roster. It's it's really hard to find low-owned running backs that have a lot of upside, and he's going to be around 10%. That's basically my new threshold for a low-owned running back. Uh, I think he can get you there in tournaments. Yeah, only guy to add uh, to a, a tournament option is Miles Sanders at 6,400. Back, he's uh, declared himself 100% healthy. And, you know, sitting at 6,400 still, you look at his past two matchups that we had him in, and it was really rough against the Steelers and the Ravens. And he was sitting right in that same spot at 6,500. So it's almost like, you know, he was priced at that point because of the rough matchups. And now he's coming back, you know, post by seemingly 100% healthy. I mean, he was playing over 75% of their offensive snaps and all of his non-injury shortened games this year. So he's a workhorse that's being priced like he's in a much tougher for matchup than he really is. So Sanders stacking with the Eagles defense, man, let's freaking ride in GPPs.
Yeah, I think that one's pretty interesting as well. Uh, let's move to wide receiver. Uh, cash games are going to look – maybe this is the spot where there'll be a little bit of differentiation. If you have the money, Adams looks pretty good. Even in a win game, I'm still expecting him to be Devontae Adams and get his – I don't know, 10 to 15 targets and score a touchdown. Uh, you know, that, that looks pretty good. But salary does come into play sometimes. Uh, I'm looking at Diggs. He only has three touchdowns on the year. I think some of that is Josh Allen's just so good inside the 10 that it sort of eats away at a couple of receiving touchdowns here and there. But he leads the league in receptions and yards. Those count too. And you get the 100-yard bonus in this game, I think, pretty easily. A lot of plays you mentioned in the pace at the top of the show. It's in the dome. I like the over. Diggs is 7,500. You've got some really interesting plays. You've got DK Metcalf at 76, Michael Thomas at 74, Keenan Allen's going under the radar at 7,100. I, I really like that game with how, uh, for offense, uh, a couple of key Miami defensive players have been just got ruled out uh, a couple of minutes ago, and Kyle Van Noy, and then someone on the defensive line as well. So the Miami defense is going to be reeling. They're not going to get six fumble returns or interceptions every single <laughs> time on defense so I like Keenan Allen very safe but I think Diggs is safe with the upside this week to just have a monster game yeah, and look, if you're stacking, if you're going with Josh Allen as your QB, you need to have his uh, number one wide receiver and Stefan Diggs there. Nobody else has more targets this season than Stefan Diggs. I think you could also slide down to John Brown, uh, who had, who is in another revenge game spot. Look, I, I love that storyline. And also, I just think last week, I mean, he's been banged up all year playing through it. But last week, him and to a lesser extent, Juju Smith-Schuster, I thought looked uh, healthier than they had in quite some time. So always good to see those explosive guys getting on the right side of their health. Uh, I would say if you are going, you know, Kyler Murray route, obviously you want DeAndre Hawkins in there. I 7,700 only had three targets last week guys that's what we call an outlier it's going to be okay they're going to feed him the ball even if Tredavious White is out there and we've seen Hopkins you know not dominate this matchup over the past two seasons but still put up plenty of points specifically on Tredavious White look it's DeAndre Hopkins this guy can win against anybody and the likely shootout you know don't be surprised if he has his way in this spot you can also go down to Christian Kirk who's been absolutely balling out lately really taking that field stretcher role for himself sitting there at 5,700 I mean really not all that pricey uh, at all in this spot so I think uh, he makes a lot of sense again mentioned before about you know this Buccaneers offense don't you know be afraid to go back the well with Antonio Brown at 5,800 you know just expecting the true kind of coming out party that we thought was going to be here last week uh, to your point about DK Metcalf man everyone's kind of expecting this to be a Tyler Lockett week I think because of Jalen Ramsey just realized was like, last week too right right but like yeah like <laughs> doesn't matter Tyler, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf week. There's been one week all year that wasn't DK Metcalf week, and that was the bonkers, you know, Lockett 200 plus yards and three touchdowns against the Cardinals. Otherwise, this dude's had like 90 yards and or a touchdown every single game. So at some point, like Lockett and Metcalf are going to go off together. Could be this week. I know it's not, you know, the greatest matchup, but again, this Russ uh, Metcalf Lockett, they've been putting up so much numbers all year around. I mean, I know it's not the most ideal matchup, but, you know, always a viable tournament stack, particularly if we can get uh, the reduced ownership there. Uh, Quickly, you know, just some uh, under 4K options you can use to help fill out your lineup. Uh, Chris Conley at 3K. I believe you said LaVisca Chanel is out, so he's viable. Uh, Jakeem Grant at 3K. Josh Reynolds at 3,500. Get some, you know, different exposure to that game. And KJ Hamler at 3,800 are more than viable. Uh, last two points I have here. Uh, mentioned that wind, wind in Green Bay being a problem, but DJ Chark, over the last four weeks, DJ Chark has more air yards than Literally anybody. And he's missed a game in that stretch. So Minshew, Luton, they're using
amazing turf to get down the field. And I think he can win in a big way against this uh, Jair Alexander less Packers secondary. And then finally, Brandon Ayuk at 5,700. Maybe my favorite wide receiver player of the week, man, just because, you know, going into that last game where Richie James went absolutely bonkers, uh, Troy Aikman said on the broadcast that, you know, before they had all those wide receivers get rolled out, Kyle Shanahan told him that like 85% of their passing plays were just dialed up to go through Brandon Ayuk. And we saw this guy doing really big things with his opportunities before. So if Debo Samuel was also coming back, that would be kind of cause for concern. Who's going to be the number one guy, but with Debo out with Kittle out, look, this is a Brandon Ayuk show in San Fran. He's got Kyle Shanahan designing any play he can to try to free him against, you know, a Saints secondary that again, looked good last week, but more times than not this year has been pretty beatable. So absolutely love Brandon Ayuk at only 57 K this week. And a couple guys I like, I like Jerry Judy. I'm going back to the well on that 14 targets last week. This Raiders defense is total trash. Love him in a tournament. Uh, again, I, I can't stress. I do like that game for uh, low owned tournament plays. Uh, if you, I don't know if you mentioned Connor at the running back spot. I don't know if he's going to be ultra chalky, but if you want to get a little leverage, uh, maybe a Deontay Johnson still just 5,200 and he gets a, a bajillion targets every game. I don't expect them to really fall behind against Cincinnati, Weird things happen in the NFL. I wouldn't put it past it. And if you do use Connor, I think Connor with like Boyd or AJ Green, right? Adding that stack to something else that you're doing. I think that makes a lot of sense uh, in a, in a tournament. Cause if Connor's cruising for 20 carries and two touchdowns, they're going to be chucking. And you know, there's just going to be a bajillion pass attempts. You can even mix in geo on that one. I think Connor and geo even combined make it, make a reasonable stack in that game. Cause he fits the pass game, but uh, a lot of good wide receivers, uh, I think you can look at for cheap out there. You mentioned Charky, 6,200, uh, but I do like that one. I just traded for him in Dynasty today, so uh, I'm glad he, he he got to make the show. Uh, but, yeah, wide receiver, uh, a fun position. I think my two favorite, Judy and Deontay Johnson, uh, as a, a little yeah. bit lower on tournament plays. Uh, I want to mention to you guys, if you, you hear me talking about ownership, uh, we talk about Gridiron IQ, all the cool stuff here on Roto Grinders. Uh, it's normally 40 bucks a month, basically. If you want to get $5 off your first month here at Roto Grinders, we're offering a core four discount for all new subscribers. You can go to rotogrinders.com slash media slash PFF, Pro Football Focus, and that will get you $5 off your first month here at Roto Grinders to check out all the cool stuff here. It should be literally, I feel like personally road around should be like a hundred dollars a month. So the, the, the suits, they like to keep it cheap for everybody. Uh, let's go uh, to the tight end position. And this is just basically the slate. We don't have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle's out. We have Darren Waller. He gets a bunch of five yard targets, but a bunch of five yard targets at the end of the game, look pretty good in fantasy. He far and away projects for the highest fantasy point total. And basically any system you look at out there in DFS, he's 5,900, which is usually like you don't want you do that. And you feel like a donkey when Waller gets like nine fantasy points and the rest of your lineup falls apart. Um, but he looks basically locked in to really have a nice game. I like him and cash. The other guy I think that's drawing a lot of interest is going to be Dallas Goddard. Um, pay no attention to his one target game two weeks ago. That was, there was a weird game script. Uh, it was all turnovers. Carson once was getting hurried a lot. They kept him in to pass block and to run the ball a lot. I'm expecting him to basically be unleashed. We've got this week and maybe another week or two before Ertz comes back. Those are probably my two options 
uh, right now for cash games. You, you got to like them, Ian. There's really no way you can get around those two. Yeah, exactly. And look, I, I'd be more willing to get up to Waller if uh, Goddard wasn't there because I'm with you, man. I think without Ertz in the picture, Goddard's going to be a top five tight end here, you know, from this point out. I think he's going to be in that 5K range as early as next week, potentially. But I would just say, you know, looking at Waller, yeah, he's the most expensive tight end, but realize that he is the undisputed number one pass game yeah. option in the Schrader's offense. And if you just, you know, take him, if you just take the position out of it and you look at him relative to other wide receivers, he's plenty affordable. I mean, he's right there with Antonio Brown, a little more expensive than Claypool, Christian Kirk, you'll be a bit cheaper than your Chris Goblins, your Juju's, your Robbie Anderson's of the world. I mean, his target projection is higher than all these guys probably. So don't be afraid, you know, even, even make a contrarian lineup. Why not Goddard and Darren Waller in the right spot? I do think they I could will have not allow that. enough I'm upside. Not allow no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, Waller, he is a tight end, but truly is the number one uh, pass game option in that offense. But yes, and let's not get too crazy out here with two. Uh, only other guys I would mention in tournaments potentially, Eric Ebron at 4,400. He's been featured in the Steelers passing game. It's one of these situations where we don't know who it's going to be on a week-to-week basis, but, you know, with uh, Vance McDonald kind of being in and out over these past few weeks and just even when McDonald has been in the lineup, we've seen Ebron playing almost every single down, so certainly not a matchup against the Bengals I'm worried about. And Evan Ingram, man, like, I don't know why Jason Garrett has been changing this offense so much over the past few weeks, but it is now Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram getting absolutely fed, and then it's everybody else. I mean, Darius Slayton has been really far removed from the equation. Golden Tate uh, has been, you know, just not even active over these past uh, or at least last week, and now he's a little bit banged up as well. So Evan Ingram, 4,500 against an Eagles uh, secondary that, you know, really never replaced Malcolm Jenkins uh, in at that safety spot. We've seen them, you know, really struggle against tight ends throughout the year. I understand he didn't blow up against them last time they played, but at some point, Evan Ingram, he's already been kind of flashing it a little bit. They've been using him finally, using him more as a downfield receiver. I think we do kind of see that true uh, blow-up game that we know he's all capable of. Uh, a couple, one one I really like this week is going to be Gasecki. And you, you got to fade the Durham Smythe touchdowns, right? Well, those are <laughs> those are super tilting when you roster Mike Gasecki. But I mentioned at least on the chart or on, on the Miami defensive side, they're down some really good players for their defense, specifically Kyle Van Noy in the middle uh, of that defense, that linebacker. I think Gasecki, right? We got Preston Williams out. If you're not playing Jakeem Grant, who's going to be pretty popular. Why not try out Mike Gusecki this week and expect him to, to maybe get into the end zone? And I think that Chargers offense is going to be able to put up points. I think Tua looked much better throwing the football in his second start here. So I'm looking at Gusecki as a low-owned tight end uh, to have himself a, a pretty good week there. Uh, all right, let's move on and wrap this show up with the defense position. Uh, there's a couple. To me, it looks like... Uh, the chalk defense is probably going to be the Saints. They're 3K, big home favorites uh, against, uh, you know, a completely decimated San Francisco offense and defense. So either way, I think, you know, you know, if they're in catch-up mode, there's room for sacks and interceptions. And I think they can keep the point total possibly low. Although you like the, the over, maybe I'm going to have to rely on some sacks and interceptions and things like that to hit it with the Saints. But they look like the cash one. Uh, you, you got uh, an interesting... GPP play that I didn't think of, but I'll, I'll maybe add to it in a second. But the one we both agree on for tournaments is the Raiders, even though I like the over in that game. It's Drew Locke slinging it around the yard. And when you got Drew Locke throwing the football, weird things can happen uh, for defensive special teams touchdowns. So take a look at that. And those points count towards the over on my end of trying to score, score on that bet too. So if the Raiders get a pick six or a couple interceptions, I think that looks good. They're just twenty five hundred. I wanna, I wanna talk to you on the uh, your twenty two hundred dollar defense 
because uh, I, I think it's a little interesting. Russell Wilson's not playing as uh, as good with the football as he used to in terms of interceptions. And that's the thing, man. Like we, I think in defensive selection, like too often we just want to target like these awful offenses. What we need is someone that's you know going to take sacks, potentially turn the ball over, and ultimately we need you know the defensive special team touchdowns to try to go out there and win these tournaments. So like, remember that game that Rams Chiefs just absolute shootout a couple of years ago? Like we, both teams scored over fifty points, but the Rams defense was still awesome because they scored like two defensive touchdowns yeah. on their own and had a couple of sacks. That could be what we're seeing here with the Rams at twenty two hundred. I mean, you would have to go up all the way to freaking, you know, the high 3000s to find a defense I think is as good as the Rams. The only reason their price is low is because they're playing Russell Wilson, the Seahawks. But you look at the way Russ plays. And I mean, this this is a guy that makes, you know, off script magic happen every single week. We get it. But similar to Sean Watson, I mean, when these quarterbacks drop back, they only have a couple choices when pressure comes. They can try to force the ball in somewhere immediately and risk a turnover. They can take a sack and live this play another down, or they can try to avoid that sack and make something happen. That's usually what Russell Wilson does. And because of that, he's taken multiple sacks in every single game this season. He took five last week. And the interceptions, man, when they're throwing the ball around this much and he kind of has to play this Superman card, they've been flowing too. I mean, he's had two picks last week, zero before, but then went three, one, and one in the three weeks before that. So, you know, Russ, he's making more than enough big plays to make up for these issues. But again, this is a good Rams defense that could, you know, take advantage of these few mistakes in a very big way. Uh, Only other two I would mention, just in terms of, you know, I like the running back and defense special team stack. Mentioned Miles Sanders and the Eagles and also I just think with the Lions sitting there at 2,600, like, again, we cannot give Howick Smith the benefit of the doubt at this point. I think, you know, just the way he's playing and the way this offense seemingly just wants to live and die with bubble screens to J.D. McKissick, I don't see the Washington football team really being able to move the ball all that much, even if the Lions' defense isn't good. And, hey, mentioned before, DeAndre Swift has a pretty nice matchup in the trenches in terms of the combined yards before contact per, per rush. So don't love anything about this game as a whole, but I do think Swift and maybe the Lions' defense uh, could be a nice contrarian GPP uh, stack as well. All right. That's going to w- wrap it up for the week 10 PFF show here on Roto Grinders. I'm going to go ahead to the sports book and get some bets in. Ian, you have yourself a good day. And uh, as always, we appreciate you watching this uh, live. We appreciate you downloading it on podcasts, watching it on YouTube, uh, however you like to consume this and all the other shows at Roto Grinders. Uh, a big hat tip to uh, all you guys out there listening. Uh, Ian, till next week, my friend. Uh, I'll see ya. Thanks for everybody for watching and we out.